What's going on, Asymmetry? Before we get you over to that podcast, I have a quick request that I would like to make of you. We need your help. On our next Mariah in the Wild project, we are headed to Italy to document the Puglian olives, the Roman olives planted 3,000 years ago that have given rise to such a tremendous and profound culture. But these trees are facing a major, major obstacle. The pathogen of xylella is eradicating them at a rapid pace. And before they're gone, we want to make sure that we talk with historians and horticulturalists to understand not only the disease that is eradicating the olives, but understand their profound impact on culture, understand their aesthetic, and pursue a project that preserves their contributions to bonsai in the form of film. Now, we've partnered with a wonderful nonprofit called the Treehouse Project. All of your contributions are completely directed towards portions of the project so you can see where your money is being utilized to help us capture this ancient forest. Any dollar amount helps and every single contribution is completely tax deductible. Visit bonsaimarai.com to see our Give Lively campaign where you can decide where you want to contribute to this project to help us make it happen. Thank you in advance for all of your support. I think we all understand how significant this project has become, and we only hope to do it more and more with your help. Welcome, y'all, to Asymmetry Podcast with your guest introductory speaker, Hugh Grant from Australia. That's me. Um, yeah, this was a really, really fun chat. We just we just basically spent an evening shooting shit about the Pacific Bonsai Expo, which was a fantastic event. Um, lucky enough to come out, and it was really good to speak with these guys about a really interesting first-of-its-kind event that happened um, in San Francisco, California. So listen and enjoy. <laughs> Do I have to break better? Nice. I hear good, it. Good. Yeah, I hear it. Do I sound good? You sound... You sound yeah, handsome. Hey, he sound buttery. Sound handsome. Nice. That's great. <laughs> he's, a handsome, he's a handsome devil. He's a handsome dog. Isn't he's he? all grown up now. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's I it. That rugged individual. My baby days <laughs> over. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like you. Officially... It's, it's time for the baby making days. <laughs> that's right. Hey. Well, there's probably some takers out there. I try. I would imagine. I try. Uh, yeah. When you disappear into the woodwork here, when, i.e., when you don't go back to Australia. You could tear it up. <laughs> you could do a state tour under I th- the Mirai logo. I, I, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> to represent. Yeah, I'll I just grab so all too. the virus gear and I'm yeah, off. I'll go. I'll swag you out. We're gonna make it. We're not. We're we're gonna make it non-optional. We're just gonna tattoo Mirai on him. Ooh. That's what I decided. Right in the Jeez. small of the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where Hugh wanted a tattoo anyway, so it's just fine. <laughs> I've got a spare spot. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, Pacific Bonsai Expo came and went. I think everybody had like some questions about what it was going to be like. I, cer- I, I, was yeah. certainly, I was certainly curious. I had no idea what to expect. The original hype or idea, I guess, maybe was that it was going to be a West Coast national, quote unquote, whatever that means. Yeah. And that has a lot of expectation when you say that because the national show is a pretty big deal. People bring the thunder. It's every other year. And then the West Coast concept, I understand, like for us living out here, it's easier for us to get down there and bring trees, you know. But, you know, what, what's that going to mean? Are, is the quality going to be there? Who's going to show up? Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily know that I agree that people bring the thunder. For the national show, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't you know. I, I don't know. Maybe in the beginning, or different practitioners on different years 
put their best foot forward, but I don't necessarily know that at every national show you see the best the best that's out there. And I think one of the big reasons that you don't see the best that's out there is because California is largely not represented in the national show. And it's hard to deny that California has the you know the most mature bonsai culture, has the greatest access to a significant amount of material outside of the Rocky Mountains. I mean, California is even the urban landscape in California is a massive bonsai resource. But the natural environment plus the urban environment in California makes it really tough to really tough to argue with. It might it might be you know, the Mecca of bonsai material, longstanding bonsai practice, bonsai history in North America, or at least one of the primary hubs. And and here we don't see it largely represented in, in exhibitions, you know, and California has gone through like an identity crisis. When John Naka passed away and, you know, you had a, a move to Northern California and Boone and Kathy were there really pushing the level of bonsai and it's sort of been a changing of the guard, but I really felt like the Pacific Bonsai Expo was something super fresh and, and really high level. <laughs> well, thank you, Mouse. Randy's dog, Mouse, is aggressively attacking Ryan making right now. Trying to make out with me, which I appreciate. Uh, but I, I, I feel like it was like a, it was like something really new and fresh. And I thought it was amazing. I thought it was badass. So much fun. Good so energy. Much, so much positivity. People were ecstatic about it. And I think people brought, I do think people brought the thunder for the Pacific Bonsai Expo. That was a high-level exhibition. Any way you cut it, that was a high-level exhibition. It's the first time that I feel like I've been to a show that I feel uh, outpaced the trophy in Belgium. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Mm. First time. First time in North America that I feel like, I mean, I feel like the Artisan's Cup... <clears throat> I feel like the Artisan's Cup had that pow factor, but take the Artisan's Cup and then add seven years to the trees, you know, and now all of a sudden you have a lot more maturity and a lot more age and a lot more knowledge and a lot more practice behind it. But I was really, I, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, I mean, I, hats off to Jonas and Eric for doing something really special. Totally agree. And we're going to follow up with them here in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, we're going to hear from them. But those two guys are 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 our bosses for sure because you know you know how hard that was to pull off they didn't look as tired as i thought they were gonna look when we saw them either they were like still kind of fresh yeah they must have had a lot of good volunteer help which is incredibly appreciated yeah 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 Yeah. what was your experience Hugh? i mean coming from australia and like you've never really been to an uh, exhibition in north america no you've been to see the trophy yeah i've been to the trophy yeah Mm -hmm. that's where we met yeah, that's that's where we well second time meeting. Okay, yeah, yeah, true, yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah, right. yeah, I remember telling you that actually. I was like, yeah, I'll see you at the trophy, and you were like, yeah, okay, you know. I didn't really yeah. know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to do with. <laughs> well, that. why would you? You know, like, yeah, I'll see you in Europe in a sure, few weeks. We're, you know? we're in Australia. Are you sure that you're talking about the right thing? And turns out you knew. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I rocked up. Yeah, 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 yeah it you was did. Good. You did. Yeah, that. I mean, it was a fantastic show. Like, like, I mean, I was enamored because. You know, hardly ever have I seen shows in physical person like that. So it was really, really cool. I've, I feel like I've, like, you know, I did digest copious amounts of bonsai material online or wherever you can get hold of things. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You always think you have a sense of like what going to a higher level exhibition is going to be like, but it's always, it's always like the most important thing and most important way to see good level, high level trees for mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, it was cool to see trees that like I knew from like photographs or I'd seen like 
I mean, trees that I'd even seen before, like being here. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was really, really, really interesting just to see so many high level trees with every element displayed really highly as well. And each tree really holding its own in the exhibition. Mm. That was that was super fun to see and very, very inspiring to see, mm-hmm. you know. In, in a country that I consider like closely aligned to ours in a sense, you know, in terms of yeah. bonsai culture and progression and things like that. So yeah, really left me with something to aspire to and, you know, really, really like, um, I guess mind opened into what goes into like exhibiting a tree and what that could look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in that space. That space was fantastic. The light, yeah. the exhibition was alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. The, the exhibition changed over the course of the day. It was like a uh, a constantly renovated exhibition. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was really something. It was it was interesting. I thought it was curious because I remember at first I was kind of like, ah, oh, like the light's different, you know, this is kind of annoying. But I think that became the most beautiful part of it because mm-hmm. every the time change. you walked around the exhibition – you were seeing technically a different show because there was different shadow play, different lightings. A tree would be really moody. A tree would be really dark. It would be really light. Mm-hmm. You'd walk down a row that was on the shadier side or the very sunny side, and you couldn't actually look at that row, which you could perceive as a negative, but it made you then look at the other side and really take that in. And then you'd come back and be like, oh, wow, I didn't see these trees before because I couldn't physically see them. And I mm-hmm. thought that experience was really fascinating. It kept me coming back a bazillion times yeah. just because it was different every time yeah. on a really minor level. Interesting. What do you think, Randy? You've been to every show. You've been to the Trophy. You went to the Ginkgo. You've been to the Kokfu a couple times. I've never been to the National, though. Um, mm. So multiple things. One, I've, I've heard a lot about the light, and that was basically San Francisco Bay. And I don't know what they're like in a typical November but I have to assume 50% of the time it just would have been gray and an unchanging light. That might have been a one-off. But I think I also oh, heard that the next time the venue would be different. Mm. Um, I think that's a mistake. I think they got to be, I already told you, I already got on my soapbox about this, but I think they got to be careful. Points. You try to grow it, you try to change it, you try to upsize it, you try to do it too frequently, I think you lose the magic. I think that was a a, a product of the right elements being in place for the right thing. So I just, I look at that and I think, ooh, caution, caution, danger. So that leads me into the next question where you were talking about the, the this show was spectacular, everything about it. Um, what percentage of those trees do you think have been shown in the National or the Artisans Cup before? Oh, big shows? very, very few. Very, mostly, very mostly few. we were looking at new trees then. Yeah, pretty much. New trees or trees that have been bonsai for a long time, but have probably stayed largely in in the Bay Area or, or, or you know Northern California in general. I mean, I I think it's there. There was a lot a, a lot more Southern California participation than I guess I thought there would be. But I still think Southern California was slightly underrepresented for a show of that skill being right at their doorstep. Um, but no, that was th- those were a lot of trees. And I think you saw, I think you really saw Peter T's work uh, largely represented. I think you saw Eric Schrader's work really well represented. I mean, I think you saw people who have not historically or have shown one tree at the national show have a larger body of work through theirs and their clients work on display. And I thought that was really interesting, you know? So 
since I never have seen the national, I feel like I heard you say that the variety here was different. Yeah. Yes. Variety was different. Um, I think you would see a lot more temperate climate, uh, higher elevation, northern trees at the national show. And that's not every year that the national has occurred. Obviously, it's been different, but you do see a lot of pines and things of that nature. And I think yeah, I guess there were hemlocks and there were some... Two hemlocks maybe, no limbers other than the PB. Yeah, I don't even remember a white pine period. Was there a white pine in there? There there might have been, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, that's abnormal. That's unusual. There were a lot of short, stout Japanese black pines, which are a product of being in a California. place... Well, and being around Jonas and Eric who are growing, you know, probably the best Chuhin and Neagari black pines in the country right yeah, now. Yeah, the raised root pines were really nice yeah mm-hmm. yeah they were i thought they were exceptional uh but i think it was really interesting too because you had a nice uh confluence of traditionally designed trees which you really f- i i think you felt boone's influence there a lot of students of boone were showing um and again i think you saw peter t's influence yeah. there but then you have something completely innovative like michael hagedorn's mm spot on just absolutely crushing shore pine that was displayed Mm -hmm. in a completely you know i think really innovative and unique way i Mm -hmm. mean that was definitely stood out it stood out it stood out nothing else a lot of mojo there yeah yeah Yeah. it was it was captivating i kept going back and back and back he has a couple other pieces like that in his garden too i know there's at least one juniper piece on that kind of invisible planting style that he uses (laughs) and the hemlock the larger hemlock kind of multi-clump multi-trunk clump style that was at the artisan's cup i think has that same same base concept Mm -hmm. where it kind of just disappears and you don't really see the container it's kind of interesting concept yeah yeah yeah, no, for sure. I mean, every time Michael Hagedorn, I think that's the interesting thing too. I, mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but every time you see somebody, a, a bonsai professional show a tree, it's like, you know, it's something to celebrate and take note of because it's it's a representation, especially I think Michael's an artist who does bonsai. Um, he has interesting concepts that he applies to his bonsai practice that nobody else does. And it's mm-hmm. like really well considered. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was really successful, that display too, because it didn't, it also didn't sit outside of like that traditional display space that was offered. Mm-hmm. It still had the same elements and the feeling of balance and weight that mm-hmm. you would see, but using totally different materials and a different sense of like lightness, airiness, playing with kind of an illusion of floating, like. But it was done in such a sophisticated way that it, you still wanted to consume it. You didn't. I didn't stand there and think, "Huh, this is like, would I, would I do this? Would I not?" In this context, it just oh. blended in really well. That had enough uh, weight to it that mm-hmm. you really wanted to engage with it. It was. I thought it was absolutely captivating. Yeah, it had a nice presence. Mm. Had a nice presence. Had a nice through line too with the accent piece being a sculpture mm. he did in his body of work in mm-hmm. college, which. He's used that uh, accent piece several times, and every time he does, I think it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. It's very abstract, but very powerful. Mm. Yeah, kind of nice to see a character pop up again through someone's work. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you see yeah. that in painters' work; they'll often have like a small uh, character that might occur in 
every now and again in a painting or a print or whatever. Yeah. That will just be like kind of like a like a mascot for their work, but might represent something greater about themselves. The character that keeps uh, popping up around here is Randy Knight and the uh, the character of all those trees that you collect. Making a pretty good uh, impact, huh? <laughs> hey, now. I'm trying to bring you back to the conversation. Keep the mic close to you. We need you to talk. I'm not uh, I'm not falling asleep. I'm just listening. Uh, I, I don't know that I answered your initial question earlier. My thoughts about the show were that... Um, I didn't actually get a chance to walk through that exhibit more than about half a dozen times, mm. but every time I did, it was packed. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of times there would be very few people in the vendor area, but the exhibition never changed. There was lots of people that came never never came into the vendor area, which mm. uh, doesn't sadden me at all. But they were they came to see the exhibition, and because it was kind of far flung and parking was an issue, anybody that you had to be semi-dedicated to want to be there. You didn't just, you weren't a casual stroller or a passerby that said, oh yeah, let's check this out. Right. Um, there was no, there there was no casually strolling by that show as, no. as, as Ira and I found out <laughs> when we arrived at 4.30 in the morning and not a single Uber would dare come down to that part of town. <laughs> it, was to a great, it was a great time for a walk. That's how horror stories start. It was. Well, we thought we were going to be consumed by the zombies uh, that existed under the bridges. We did have we did have a momentary scare on our walk, hour long crate. walk from the Pacific Bonsai Expo to our Airbnb. Mill crate train was the interesting concept. I'm not familiar with that, but the guy was strapped into that thing somehow. There was a whole apparatus to, I don't know, to basically steal milk crates. I guess I don't know. When they disappeared behind us, that was the part that really freaked me that out. That got a little weird. That got a little weird. So when you're at the National, are people as happy as they were this? Because I was alluding, about to allude to the fact that everywhere I went, people were just happy. Vendors, participants, people wandering through. I didn't see anybody. I've been at exhibitions where there's lots of solitary old men kind of glumly shuffling their feet through and mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know how to say it, but uh, low energy. Yeah. I didn't see any of that this time. <laughs> on, a scale, on a scale of one to 10, they were a one, you know? Like, yeah, no, no, I, I, I have not seen, I have not seen that energy. No, I don't know. It you was know. more than the international shows I've been at too. Yeah. You get Where a good pack, but they don't have that same, I don't want to say electricity, but there was just a vibe there. Vibrancy. That, that was, yeah, vibrant. That's mm. perfect word that lasted through both days. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with just back to the light again, but to do with the light. I do too. Yeah, because I, I mean, too. daylight is a natural stimulant of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, happiness. Yeah, you know? versus yeah. a convention hall yeah. where you're just like artificial light the yeah, whole day yeah, yeah. and you kind yeah. of burn. Like, what out. do they say to do in the morning to stimulate your day and push you forward and like bring positive energies to go outside and be in the sun? You know, no. mm-hmm. and you're in that building all day in the indoors outdoors getting all the benefits of the outdoor world so it was i think that was such a such a cool move to have that space and yeah yeah i thought it was brilliant context is everything yeah that's interesting yeah i I think it was i think it was super uh positive high energy we did get probably some of the better weather we could have uh hoped for (laughs) over two days in november in the bay um 
But I also think it was like a product of like the optimism of a new show of Jonas and Eric putting themselves out there and trying to do something that hadn't been done in a community banding together to make it happen and try to make it the best that it can be. Like it just felt uh, the fact that you came down with a you know truckload of Yamadori and Mariah drove a you know 24 foot truck filled with trees down there and I mean like uh, you know and and people came from all over for it and people people flew in internationally to see that exhibition Hugh was there from Australia another gentleman from New Zealand there were people people that wanted to see what was going to happen and nobody really knew but I think it's almost like more intimidating because it's like what do Jonas and Eric do next time whoops yeah even if you do the same show you're not gonna have the same trees you know but it's like are you gonna have better trees you gotta give that show time to breathe a little bit to be able to duplicate and you know you can't duplicate the first time that energy of that first time i mean i wasn't at the first national show but i think the energy at the first national show was probably pretty profound that's a good question so, um, and there's know. talk about them doing this again in two years already is that a thing I don't know. We're going to talk to him about it and find out. Yep. Yeah. We're going to talk to him and find out. And I, so apparently they had really good buy-in from the California community in general for the show. Mm-hmm. Is that your sense? It seemed like it seemed like the Western United States showed up with a lot of with a lot of optimism. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see good. some more buy-in from uh, the East Coast. Yeah, but I mean, Mark Arpag and Bill Valvanis drove, drove two yeah. cars all the way from New York together. I mean, it's just like, We're or, I guess they drove one car. But like, yeah, you got to give those guys a lot of love. If they had orchestrated a truck and, you know, done the whole thing, the whole nine yards, it becomes such a bigger logistical nightmare. I don't know anybody crazy enough to do that. I can't think of anyone. <laughs> 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 who would what ever kind of psycho would yeah, want to take would on that, that. Would stupid that. idea that silly idea i uh i really enjoyed i have to say I, I also really enjoyed the lab piece being on display at the exhibition i thought aaron's pushed the push the envelope in a lot of ways within his own facilities and and i know at the artisans cup he did like a, a an exhibition um of the decked out concept at the artisan's cup but seeing that piece as a standalone piece as a product of the lab and as well as having an additional collaborative element of both the glass piece as well as the paper uh backdrop behind it that was i thought just super stunning and really impressive um i felt like that piece was was really really interesting to have there I totally agree. I wish I would have spent more time with that because I, I think to Hugh's point earlier about visiting the area multiple times with a different light throughout the day, I think that that whole display and and, and tree and the glass too, catching the light differently, mm-hmm. I mean, that was really interesting and, and hats off to Aaron for a great job on that. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You like winning? You like winning big shows? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. Are you okay with it? Yeah. 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 Randy's the winner of first shows. He is. Yeah. Oh, first yeah, of their kind of shows. Randy yeah. is the you can't um, win place taker. You can't <laughs> win them all if you don't win the first one. I have had relatively good luck. There can be no question. Yeah. And and I'm happy to, uh, I do work hard, but uh, luck comes into everything and I'm happy to be lucky in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I was thinking about it, you know, as such a significant, significant 
contributor to the bonsai community in North America as a Yamadori collector, <clears throat> it's like you you really do look at a lot of the trees that are that not necessarily at PBE. Did you stop and re- and figure out how many of those trees you would have birthed into this world? I did not, and I was asked that several times, but it's fewer than you think. Yeah, that um, that show was not a. I, I think there might have only been two or three in there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, wouldn't have been more than four. I know that Aaron's uh, display was a limber that I collected. Right. But then most of the other obvious ones you would think of actually were not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and on a side note, I would like to mention that in general, I sell better trees than I keep. Yeah. You know this. Yeah. So the potential is got to be out there. Thank you for that. Ryan appreciates that. <laughs> I, I, we appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it was pretty tough to argue with your Ponderosa. That thing was, I uh, dolled up. I mentioned something to Eric after the show, and I think I chatted with you just briefly about it. I asked how the Bodine had come in, and he was, he told me, and he was curious why. And what I told him was, if you told me that you were going to take a Ponderosa to California and win a national show, mm-hmm. I just said, ha. It, you know, there's a dozen reasons why I'll. All the professionals, people in general, kind of urinate on ponderosa pines. Mm. Um, it it was a huge. <laughs> it, that was a that tree won hugely. Yeah, and um, partly because it was just so vibrantly healthy. Yeah, there was it was just a gorgeous tree, and it was perfect timing. And we've seen this tree around for a long time up here. But when that was all dialed in, even I looked at it, and I always try and look at my own trees very distantly, and and uh, but it had presence. And the other thing was that they did a good job of separating things out because that's a big tree, big. But it was yeah. among other big trees, so it didn't. When you put a big tree <laughs> in with a bunch of mediums or smalls, I think I don't know how people react to it. You know that judge and and look at the show, but sometimes the nuances not there it's just like too big a splash this was in the right area and i'm just happy that ponderosa pine won a national show yeah yeah it might be a while before that happens again i totally agree i totally agree it's the great western pine it's the first gigantic piece of uh species of flora that pioneers would have encountered as they walked up to the beginning of the rocky mountains you know, as the as the plains encountered the backbone of North America, and you you have no clue where you're headed, and then all of a sudden you start seeing the ponderosa pine of the foothills of the Rockies. It's like that's that's that is your indication as a pioneer or a, an explorer, or a settler moving west that there's big things in store in the Western United States. You know, it's like you got to get to California before you see the giant sequoias and the redwoods. The ponderosa pine was literally like the first grand display of abundance in the Western spirit. Grading party. party. It is. It is. There's a lot of history around uh, specific ponderosa pines on the east slope of the Rockies being grand markers for people trying to traverse the Rockies as a a wayfinding uh, landmark. You know, really, really important species in... The nature of American spirit and and the and the settling of the West. Now I, I understand there's all kinds of things that come with that. I'm not talking about all of that. I'm just saying it was a guidepost and it was cool. It was great. 
I might be looking for too much meaning in that. It just was a big, bad, awesome tree. What did you think, Randy, of the way it was displayed? Because I know Ryan had a lot of input on that with it sharing that larger space with the Yatsabusa elm and the shared accent piece. What did you think of this, that whole whole setup with those big wood chunky stands, like the big slabs that were kind of, not really slabs, like condensed chunks of wood. Like it was pretty hot. He loved it. What are you talking about? Well, I know that, but we got to get it on, we gotta get it on tape. He loved, Jesus is recording he, this. He loved it. I didn't really know what you're talking about, but apparently it worked really well. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the stand it was on? And did you like the kind of that whole space? Because you were talking about how the whole row was, it was among other big trees. Was, and, was that on a stand? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, if it fit that. Those two trees fit together very well. They actually kind of bowed towards one another a little bit. Yeah. I think that's what you call it. Yeah. And the accent was so, that looked like a late fall rustic. It looks like something I stumble across in the mountains constantly, right? Yeah. Um, I thought the dimensions of everything were pretty well. I'm sure this was thought out. And I, I wasn't even really, hadn't paid much attention to that. My son asked me, he said, why are they together? And I looked at that and I said, and I went and I looked and I paused and I said, because it looks really good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks awesome. It, it's this a thing. how it goes. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's, is that commonly done in Japan? No. No. I don't recall seeing this concept before. No. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't really uh, seen that. I think <clears throat> the notion of the, the walnut stands being book-matched pieces of walnut uh that were thick and chunky i wanted to separate with those two trees from the wide display span and extra surface area and also the airiness underneath it that weakens uh two otherwise very powerful trees and then i didn't want to raise them up too high not sure that the backdrops would be able to hold them so all those things went into it and then the accent piece it's like you know it wasn't a goal to be proportional. It was a goal to play with the space and the way that two trees interact that have, <clears throat> because, you know, I don't know if everybody knows, but I think we've talked about it before, but Randy and I dug the Yatsubusa Elm together in 2010 when I came home from my apprenticeship. That was That's a can-be elm, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So that was like stuffed in the back of Randy's pickup while I was sleeping on your couch uh you know kind of like uh so there was like you know there's some nice moments in that whole thing i think as far as like the display and having the space uh which we which uh you know ira had requested from jonas and eric to have the space for for that creative display it was it came together nicely i thought it worked really well and i thought it was really fun to challenge and offer you know something a little different my my assumption is Lots of people thought it worked really well too. Yeah, yeah, it was seamless. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of. It was kind of like um, it. it was kind of like Michael's composition, although it was different. It still slotted in well sure. with that model. Sure, it was like a mega three point display. That's what I kept thinking. Yeah, totally. Three point display of giants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I liked pushing the accent all the way back to yeah, the back. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was yeah. very intentional when we did that. It yeah. worked. It worked well. It didn't hold the water as well as it was supposed to. Uh, <laughs> there are some great photos when you watered it. That was it. The first, the first, the first night, night yeah. Friday. Yeah. yeah. The, the way for the judging, out, so for the good. judging, and everybody's like, "Your accent is leaking everywhere," and I was like, "That's got a mind of its own. I don't yeah, know what to yeah. tell you." <laughs> 
was holding water when we came, but apparently it lost control. That's all part. That's a design element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought to see it. Yeah, yeah. I thought the I, I thought the bald cypress showed really well. Oh, thanks. I, I really I know I know that you're going to be bashful about that, but I don't think that people quite understand. And this is really where there's such a challenge in judging. I think there's a real challenge in judging. I think there's a real challenge in interpreting bonsai because if you don't know um, a lot about a species, then you just formulate an opinion based on the trees that are around you or the bonsai that you've digested before. But as far as a bald cypress is concerned, that's about as good good of a bald cypress as you're ever going to see as a bonsai. So I thought it looked good. I thought the sinker cypress slab was spot on, and I thought the old dilapidated uh accent piece was a perfect companion to it that worked out really well actually i thought it was stunning showed seasonality showed contacts showed everything so the depth of that display i don't i'm sure i'm sure people weren't were not we're not digging that deep yeah i mean not not, excuse me that's undercutting i'm sure most people were not digging that deep yeah i mean you know as a student here that was the tree that we always came and found and you've had it on exhibition in the past and then we had it we bought it from you we had it in vegas for a couple of years we brought it back up here for when we came to, to live and work up here you know but that tree has always really spoke to me even though i have no connection to florida but it's just such a piece that really makes you look makes you feel like you're looking up um feels like a huge tree it's probably the tallest tree at the show i think yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Which, which was, you know, it got put in a little bit of a tough, tough place. And that's what you see when the spot is not on. When you don't yeah. quite have the right space for a tree, it's tough. It just does not get interpreted as well. Yeah. The backdrop was taller than the tree, but because the tree was so tall, and I think you had pointed out when we talked about it at one point, was that because of that flat top style, all of the foliage is literally mm. above up the there. Back, above the backdrop. So if you're you know, a normal height or shorter person, you're definitely looking up at an area beyond the backdrop. Yeah, it's really curious. I hadn't thought about it like that, that your focus is so much on the very pinnacle of the tree as opposed to most trees where you consume a lot throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and, and to have that piece outside of the the framed view, you know, is really... I, I and this is the thing about shows a lot of people don't understand like position in a show is such a massive mm. this is a very very significant thing it could be the best tree in the world have a terrible position and 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 people just can't see it mm. they just Absolutely. can't can't appreciate it there's real a real dynamic that goes into where these trees yeah. are positioned in a show i mean that's why all the other elements in a show use stand height accent directionality like mm-hmm. those things are there to say hey look at my tree, you know, yeah. come look at me. Yeah. Um, the, the space where in context of everything else also matters. Yep. Yeah. 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 Kind of interesting. Yeah. I loved, I, I really, um, I thought the, uh, I thought the, uh, the Cypress raft forest kind of vibe, mm. whatever, whatever kind of Cypress that was Boulevard Cypress or, uh, Mm-hmm. white some white or something yeah, I, remember talking, I never went back and looked at the name I kept looking at the tree but i forgot to look no, at the name man. every time did you see that tree it had the had the scroll like the the scroll of the mountain scene and it had this like forested thing with all these roots interconnecting and the little accent had it clearly i saw it i don't recall it yeah i thought that that was one of my favorites <laughs> in the whole show i thought that was such a such a darling delicate mm. 
a tree tree that if not adjusted soon is on its way downhill but uh at, at this point they hit it at the peak so that hey. brings another you question. Gotta, you gotta call it in. hey 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 i'm into hey, it hey hey hey, hey, hey now hey oh, nobody's hey. listening and we're in the trust tree here yeah no one's gonna hear this it stays right here if the secondary and the third uh hierarchical trunk do not have branch reduction and that primary trunk is not regaining uh the greatest foliar density in that tree the, the the primary trunk is going to lose its dominance and, this, and that, this is that where composition you, is out. This is where your eye, and I would say probably Hugh, and, and I would suspect Randy too, um, looking into the guts of these trees, you know, especially you, Ryan, just seeing things a little bit differently than I see them when I was going through trying to judge. And it's like you're evaluating the tree, the display, the whole everything in that space, and then looking into the guts of the tree – and a couple of the trees that I liked in particular, and we talked about later, and you were like, ah, but did you see inside? And you picked up on little details that I did not notice. Mm. But I don't know if that's a little bit of, uh, there's like a showmanship there where it's like, you know, do you hide the work? How, how well is the work hidden? You know, like Randy's, Randy's tree, you know, the guy wires were all gone. You know, that was all masterfully handled, um, you know, we know what that could have looked like going back to when the tree was touched up on Mariah live and those guy wires are present. It's like to get to, to time things and, and be able to mask and hide that. I guess there's a lot of value there. And yeah. I, I think I didn't pick it like the, I'm, I'm thinking of the blue Atlas cedar that I really liked at the end across from mm-hmm. where um, your guys' trees were displayed. Uh, I, I really liked that tree. That's a great tree. It's a great tree. I don't know how, pe- I don't know how profound, uh, if people realize how profound that tree is, a blue atlas cedar clinging to rock with clinging. mature roots clinging to the rock. What'd you think about that piece? Did you like that? Not not as much as you do. Oh, not but as much as Ira does. Ira you, was freaking out about it. Yeah, you were freaking out about it. You were all hot and bothered. But I need a minute. Hey, Zeus, can we heavy. take a? <laughs> yeah, that tree was pretty hot. Ugh. Not for you, Randy. No, <laughs> but. No. Uh, this goes back to what you guys were just talking about two minutes ago, that as what I would consider a fairly average judge, I, I don't judge a lot. Most of the people there will not have judged a lot. So when you talk about the nuance of a specific tree where it's gone from uh, having, so let's let's just pick the roots, where normally to get seven on that kind of a tree would be really difficult, but this tree's got nine. Most people aren't going to know that. Yep. How are you going to know that? How are you going to know? You were talking about a cypress there that was styled pretty well. It might have been Sam's tree. Um, there was nuance there that because it's a species I've not worked with, not familiar with, never collected, I don't know very much about them. So they could be exquisite for that species. And if you really are kind of an outsider to that that species for whatever reason, it's like, you're just not going to know. Yeah, you're gonna, mm. you're going to underjudge and underthink a whole lot of things, and you're just going to be looking at big picture items more so. Yeah, I think that's my this, opinion. I think you're right, and I think this is what we had talked about the judging concept with Eric and Jonas on the the podcast a while back. Looking forward to the show and the model that they're using is based on is it was it Boone's Club where they had a similar kind yeah, of model? Yeah, Island Bonsai was maybe the beginning of that or something yeah. like that. And, I, you know, to Randy's point, like, I don't have a ton of judging experience. I've seen a lot of trees. I've been around a lot of shows. But to actually put a number to something in the rubric 
conversation and we'll be following up with these guys to talk about it too mm. but you know putting someone like like you ryan who or hugh or you know somebody who's people are more familiar with maybe a broader amount of species and can appreciate the nuances and value of the different species for, like to, to randy's like i'm not super familiar, familiar with that cypress it looked great sam's tree looked really nice but i don't know a ton about that species so i could i could have missed a nuance of how it was handled you know and what made it special or you know the bald cypress is a good example a tree that's a flat top style it's not really a traditional bonsai styling it harkens back to your story about when you were at the national show and the reason why you realized american bonsai or one of the reasons you realized american bonsai was going to be different if we were going to embrace native species and hugh i know you do a lot of this in australia where it's like the umbrella concept that you've talked about where it's like you know things are different in different places and trees mm. grow differently value systems the value yeah. system's so different and how do you parse that out versus hey we're just trying to do quote unquote traditional bonsai and it's a green kind of dome and we're really valuing uh you know technique and ramification versus maybe like some more nuance of what that tree would look like in nature and how how does that all shake out it's really complicated you know and, and are all of us kind of more practitioner level folks able to handle that weight and make a good choice versus like orion or a yeah, hue or possible. someone it's, it's just such possible. a complicated thing it's not possible it's not possible on a show on, uh, at that level you know and it's not saying it's not that's not that's not being arrogant and that's not being derogatory or anything like that it's just simply it's not that's like saying like okay uh i can build a pretty good you know like i can build a pretty good box so can i engineer at the level that another that a professional engineer can you know decide the weights and loads and shear values of a structure it's just not you know it's not like bonsai just because everybody can practice bonsai doesn't mean that they're an expert or they're a professional or that they you know think about bonsai on that level i i i really think i would really encourage Jonas and Eric to reconsider the judging. Honestly, I would. I, 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 I think if I had to say there was one real weak point of the show, that was it for me. Yeah, I think so. I thought it was the food trucks. <clears throat> yeah, well, that too. We could have <laughs> used. We could have used. Co we could have used, used the food truck. Come we could have used coffee and food. We could have used coffee and food. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out to know. Jeff for the uh, two and a half nice. hour coffee delivery. <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody could have made a fortune with a coffee stand. Yeah. Pulled in and, oh. Yeah. 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 We'll convert the audience right there. We'll convert the truck into a coffee station next time. I think there's a, I think there's an opportunity here. I'll just pull a coffee truck next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget the trees. Yeah. You know? A few trees in, Randy's the, in the back seat. Randy's booth was just a coffee station. It did incredibly well. <laughs> you could do coffees and microwave burritos, and all you need is a microwave. You know what I'm saying? Is $40 too much for a burrito? <sighs> depends on how <laughs> hungry. <laughs> depends on how hungry. Listen, that place was was out in the middle of nowhere. So I would imagine you could sell some $40 burritos. You could probably mm -hmm. sell quite a few. $30 burritos and you could sell a shit ton of $20 burritos. Oh, yeah. That's probably the sweet spot. 20 yeah. bucks for a, for a reasonable burrito. You would have cleaned up. You would have cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. want to go back real quick when you were talking about judging things in general. Do you think that was the right number of trees for that show? Yeah, I do. I think that, I think 70 is the sweet spot. I think you get oversaturated with too many trees. Because again, it was kind of a, uh, a judge without a ton of experience. Uh, with actually, you know, 
picking numbers versus just walking through. And I've walked through a lot of shows, but uh, 70 felt like a lot. Mm. When, when I was judging and working through, it's like, wow, I'm glad there's not more because I like to look at a lot of shows. But when it comes to judging, at some point, there's got to be an equilibrium too of, of mm. even professional judges, people that know way more. There, there's got to be a sweet spot, like many things, for how well do you we can judge 20 expertly. We can judge 40 pretty well, but somewhere above that, 100 is way too much. Yeah. Mm. Somewhere above that, everything starts to crumble and fall away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that also the quality of the trees is tough to get more than 70 quality trees in an exhibition. I mean, obviously Japan does it <clears throat> with the kokufu, and that's that's like, uh, you know, a total feat of humanity right there to be able to do that. But um, I find I I find I find for even uh, somebody looking at the show that that was a really nice number of trees to look at. I thought the space was nice. I thought the um, the judging was possible with that many trees, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to a, a, impossible or some. You would have to change the entire structure and format to have more trees and judge. I mean, the the, the judging time to judge that show, I thought was not enough um for 70 trees of that caliber to closely consider all of them so but i was one yeah, of the minute, I, minute and a half was I, the, I was one of the last people you know to finish judging and, yeah me too and i can tell you i'm one of the most qualified to be judging too so i looked Not at that me. and i was like hmm if everybody's done how are they able to how are they able to see all of the things that need to be seen but i you know it's also you, you don't know what you don't know so i think uh I think the judging, I think the judging could be improved, but I'm also advocating for judging from the perspective of, you know, being, being a professional and thinking about judging very, very seriously. I, I take that as maybe the most serious part of my job. So I don't know how you feel about that, Hugh, but. Yeah. What do you think, Hugh? About the judging? About just about judging in general, judging as a, as a pivotal component of bonsai. If you. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Judge. It's, it's a, um, it's a, it's an important task to take on because you know, you're you're making decisions about people's very, very prized, loved, you know, nurtured, you know, trees that yeah. they have put a lot of work into, whether they're, you know, considered under the guise good or bad, they're exceptionally loved. So, you know, you you're you're dealing with you're dealing with humanity there when you're judging a show, I think. Yeah. Very much so. So um yeah, I think it's important that it's done very, very well and very objectively. Um so that you know, one, the perception of the show is is really well received, but two, so that everyone you know can gain what they need to from that judging process, mm -hmm. you know, individuals. Yeah, but it's a tough thing. It's a really tough thing. I've only, I've probably judged, you know, only minor shows, but like two or three shows, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it's a daunting process. It's a really really daunting process to to go through and figure out like what are what what are the parameters around what I'm looking at, you know, and what what makes the cut and what doesn't? Yeah, and like we we're saying earlier, a lot of that is like understanding the like the nuance of each species and what what they can offer. You know, can they be, for example, like a like a if I saw like a, a Morton Bay ficus in a bonsai exhibition, and it was highly ramified to tiny leaves and tiny fine branches. That would just be like the gods probably did it, you know, mm -hmm. like probably that, yeah. that would, that's what it would <laughs> that's take. That's not you know? humanly possible. <laughs> so if I saw something even remotely close to that, I would be like, 
Okay. All right. All right. We have something to really consider here. Even if the tree was humble compared to something maybe more extravagant. Yeah, exactly. That was more commonly as such. Yeah. The question I was thinking about to you, Ryan, was how do you make that first kind of like cull? Like when you're judging a show, you know, the the, the split between the mm-hmm. judgeable and the unjudgeable. I, well, I, I, I have to calibrate to mm. judge a show so i don't even Absolutely. start i don't even start throwing out scores for the first i probably walked the whole show three times uh relatively rapidly just to like start to see consistent themes qualities caliber varieties display methods pots mossing you know because you're only judging the trees in that show so you've got to calibrate to the trees in that show it doesn't matter how they stack up to other trees absolutely yeah you know i think the i think the five point uh rubric is super crude i think it's too blunt of an object to create your own criterion now it might be accessible to a larger population of people to judge rapidly to have a one through five but it just does not account for the flexibility to formulate your own criteria with which you build your value system of assessing bonsai with. Mm-hmm. You know, I would much rather have fifty or a hundred points. Absolutely, absolutely. And I would, I would like to be able to d- consider health, the container, the stand, the accent, uh, the mossing, the quality of the material, the quality of the work, the stage of development, the age, the quantity of wire or or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality of the pruning blah 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 blah. you know it's like there were a lot of great deciduous trees in the show Mm. that were super well finished and the cuts were not at all fresh and the tips were completely refined and then there were a lot of great deciduous trees where when they got to the ends of the branches it was just like um you know it it was sort of a hack job and it's like oh man that's not something that you want to be seeing or typically see in that circumstance but that needs to be capable of being reflected well if somebody's grown a phenomenal deciduous tree and it's in a great pot on a great stand with a great accent, but the tips aren't handled correctly, you know, where where is the, the there's really not a, all of a sudden one point starts representing three or four or five different mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. inside of that tree. And that tree and everything else considered m- might be a four, but now all of a sudden has this pruned a three, but it could have been a five. It's just yeah, like, yeah. It's, it doesn't. It's not accurate, yeah. But I calibrate, I calibrate. I walk the whole show before I throw out a score. And and I will I will judge the whole exhibition, not in order, but in where I sort of naturally meander to. Mm. And then I will go back through my scores at least two times, if not three times, and walk the whole show again, look at every single tree, look at the score I gave it, change the score, adjust. Maybe I change that. I think of another tree I saw that I had a similar question. I go, I compare those yep, two. Yep. Like I really, I really work hard at judging. Um, and it comes from, you know, the first time I went to Italy and the UBI Congress in Italy and San Remo. And uh, they wouldn't let me judge as a foreigner. They were just like, we wouldn't, number one, we wouldn't put you in that position because in Italy, they they really might think about killing you. Um, <laughs> and number two, they just didn't trust me. Tight. They're just like, we don't really know. Yeah, you may have studied with mm-hmm. Mr. Kimura, but we don't really know if you know mm-hmm. what the hell you're doing. You know, so they're like, you're not going to judge our show. It turns out that show... The, the 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 2011 UBI Congress in San Remo was so controversial in the judging that people walked out of the awards banquet and went and got their trees 
in the middle of the night and drove Ooh. home. They were just Ooh. like, we're out. We don't do this. So I don't think I could have done worse than that. You know? Whoa. Sure, sure. It was, it was hardcore. There was a, a basically like a coup that that's, happened that's after so the amazing. judging that's announcement. right there. That's, oh, man. that's kind of amazing. Yeah, it was hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty intense. Yeah. So that's how I handle judging. I, I, I've also been, a, you know, you part of the judging at, at, at the trophy, which, um, has become more objective over time, but certainly early on in in the trophy, there there was it was it was just I think an opinion based mm-hmm. judging mm-hmm. process, and I don't think that's a very effective or adje- uh, objective way to go about it either. Yeah, and I the- also I also know how the kokfu, not only for the not only for the juried process, but also for the kokfu show selections. I understand how that works. I understand mm-hmm. how the Taikon Ten works. I've been present you know, for a lot of those judgings mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, I, I think that there's a, there's a happy medium in there for yeah, North yeah. American bones. Absolutely. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. The statement of, I, I like this tree isn't, isn't good. Does has whatsoever. no, has no place in the no. judging process outside absolutely of a brief not. mention to a friend as you're doing your job, you that's know, it, like, that's it. Oh, I like this tree. That should not impact the score whatsoever at all. Mm-hmm. Cannot, cannot, mm-hmm. which is where the blue Atlas cedar with a root over rock was like, Oh man. That, yeah, for that, that, that species that, to be in that yes. situation is pretty I've time. never seen it before. Like can't I saw like, I saw time just yeah. passing by when you looked at that one. Yeah, that yeah. tree that tr- there's an argument that that tree should have won something. There is an argument that that tree yeah, was, it was, it was it's an epic piece. It's, but listen, I'm going to say, "Hey, I'm going to say Jonas's hornbeam three-point display." I loved that hornbeam. For that to have been at that level on, on display and not have won something is also I I I really I really, and that's not to take away anything from anybody that won. But it Jonas, is, let us know if you want to get rid of that tree. We'll take it off your hands. <laughs> it's not to be critical of anybody that won at all. I mean, like, congratulations to everybody. No doubt, they were all no great trees. Doubt there were so about many it. good trees. It's hard to. It's what hard to a that. challenging show to judge. What a challenging show to judge. What a ju- what a show full of nuances. I mean, to understand the complexity with which uh, you have to pursue. Uh, the coralopsis that Andrew Robson won best deciduous for to get that kind of uniformity of strength distribution, ramification, and balance in that tree. That's a, this is a profound accomplishment. Profound accomplishment. I mean, that's a really high level deciduous execution of work. To be sure. To be sure. You know. So it's there's a lot of there's a lot of lot of criteria bouncing around there, and I think I I think. I think the rubric and the considerations and the value system of the show and the organizers and and sort of a little bit more of a guidepost would have been very helpful. Yeah, yeah surprising amount of write-in votes for Big Blue. That caught me totally off guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're taking write-ins, right? That's, that's right. Yeah. You, know, you know what Maybe I found? Maybe that was just me. I, I, I didn't read the rubric very closely. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> you, you were, you were uh, nominating a candidate? You started putting ones on the bottom of the list, making uh-huh, your own rows. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why didn't why didn't the uh, the collection at Lake Merritt have a tree there? They did. They had the the one rebel was a Lake Merritt tree. The one with the paper, uh, the one close to where mine was at on that side. Oh, okay, they did. Okay, good. That was their tree. And and to your point about Southern California presence, I was wondering when I'd say, and I didn't know that was a Lake Merritt tree when we went through, and I went back and looked at the program later. Um, it would have been great to see. The Clark Collection and the Huntington, yeah, like yeah, they, it would have yeah. been wonderful because there's so many great trees at both of those collections. It's like it would have been wonderful to have them have an entry. Yeah, what happened there? I'm not sure. 
I'm going I'm to see Ted in the uh, middle of December. I'm going to ask him. Huh, yeah. Slap yeah, on but, the hand. Wait. I mean, Ted's usually super game for oh, all Ted of this Ted brings stuff, the too. fire. Yeah. 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 Hmm. I hope everything, I hope there's a, I hope, you know what, Ted Madsen, I hope there's a valid reason that you weren't there. We're going to find out. We're going to get to the bottom hold of that. Yeah. Hold you to a high standard, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what I noticed about this show. Trees were huge. Were they? They're so big. Oh. Yeah. Well. On average. That's because of Randy. Randy brought up the average. <laughs> Randy brought up the average significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree, tree, like that show, like on average, just every tree was gigantic. Well, not sorry, not oh, every tree, but a good, good percentage of them. That the was really you've noticeable to me. <laughs> the Shoheen were 8.25 inches tall. That's hey, there you go. <laughs> ginormous. That Shoheen display was legit. The one that won was incredible. Jeff the Stearns. ramification, that, that it's hard to argue with the, the, the way that that was handled. Jeff Stearns, yeah, that definitely had that definitely had show winner written all over it. And that one was the clear in a way to our, and we'll follow up with Jonas and Eric about this, but the idea that, and they made a shift in the way that the judging was handled. When we first had talked to them, it was the um, highest score in their particular category, um, whichever one of the categories had the highest overall score within the category was supposed to win best in show. There was a shift since we talked to them to when the judging happened, and they added in that um, extra area to pick your top three best in show. So uh. Randy Knight's Ponderosa Pine won the best in show. However, it was not the best, did not win best conifer. So there's, yeah, that's there's a weird, yeah. that's a weird deal. Yeah, I thought there. that was that, really that changed. unusual because surely when the best conifer, if the best in show was a conifer, wouldn't that be best conifer also? Had, yeah, I was confused around that, that aspect uh, of it. Jeff Stearns would have swept the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird deal. It's tough to interpret. He won honestly, three of me. the five. He won three of the five categories, and then outside of best in show, and then of course your tree won best in and show. Conifer would have won. Best in show, probably. I think, right? Well, if I you had, if you had actually, to have won a category to be in the running right. for best of show, then it would have been. But if, it, but if they just went purely off the metrics, I believe the show. Hain, I looked briefly show at the. Um, they sent over the judging today, and I think um, Eric shared that. And I barely glanced at it. We should look at it. It's, it's good to understand. Jonas and Eric are gonna. I think Jonas will. Sh- are gonna share break something. it down? Yeah, they're gonna break it down. Yeah, we'll, we'll, when we talk cool. with them, it'll be better because they'll have, they'll have digested it at such a level that you know because they're so, um, you know, upstanding about the way that they're running the thing that you know being open and transparent. I think is just paramount to the it's whole. The only, only way you improve. There are a few things to consider though, because um, you're talking about how. Basically, I think you're indicating that. Of show that level, you'd probably come out with far more judging would be better handled by a half a dozen professionals who knew all the that's my feeling, yeah, and that's my feeling when people go to that extent and that effort you you i think i i i think it's and I it, think it's a lot to ask, and of. I think that's fine, but I also think that if they have this show again in two or three years, fifty percent of the people that have trees in the next show will have just judged this one. And that's that's part of how you move forward in this. Mm. That's a good point. uh, If Mm. you have to judge other people's bones eye alongside yours, and you're looking at all these other things, from my perspective, I learned a ton, and I'll probably be more focused on learning 
a whole lot more about things that were always kind of periphery to me. Oh, that's a really good point, thing. actually. Yeah. Because it's a really good my, I, I have a niche world, right? Yeah. And we're, we're all aware of it. So there, all of a sudden, there's all these things on my palette. Now it's like, whoa, uh-huh. there's some things there that I had no comprehension of. It's about. a really broad way to educate everyone that, that, more, more that's concisely. That's yeah. insanely valuable. I've never thought about it from that perspective. That really gives me pause. And that's if, nice. If this originally came from uh, Boone and Bay Allen Bonsai, I, I have some recollection that that was part of the class and the training. You know, they had their own show. This is part about bringing everybody in together. And basically, you just make your your picture and your world so much more vibrant and, and grand, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a few things. No, it's a ton of things, and it can change by see. There's it's endless. Yeah. Well, and and, and I think then then the you know the 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 follow up to that is like what <sighs> beyond a critique of the show did anybody was there any education or or discussion about how to judge you know follow up to that or a or a continuation of that or or to get multiple opinions of the judging process like i think that would really help but i think i've never thought of it like that as a community building thing to piggyback on on that and accumulate that kind of knowledge and capacity and awareness throughout a broader number of people that are exhibiting. That's a tremendous opportunity. Jonas did share um, through his Bones Night Tonight blog. I I see the emails. There was, I think what, what was trying to be like an educational judging exercise where he was showing a whole series of trees and you could go online and judge and get feedback. And just piggybacking on what Randy's saying, like I, I think that's a very interesting point, and it, it almost it's a, it's like that was a prerequisite to show up. Like, hey, you need to go through this exercise uh-huh. that we're going to prepare, and regardless of your skill and background, this helps enforce what we're looking for and trying to get you to understand as a judge to be able to evaluate this at the highest level. Huh. You interesting. Know. But but you know maybe that combination of ideas with a different overall scoring range to be able to say hey I'll knock a point off for the mossing I'll knock a point off for ramification or I'll add a point for this or whatever because I remember talking with a couple people who had trees in the show so they were judges obviously they they were like well I'll knock a point off for this it's like well if you knock a point off for the moss it's like that's a twenty percent hit. To the score, that's a big hit for like a so-so moss job. You know, the tree's super dialed in, and I mean, it's it's a razor's edge. You know, on a one to five, that's really pretty pretty tough. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I, I doubt that there's ever been a show that didn't have some controversy involved with the judging. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that's inherent. Ah, yeah. oh, it's yeah. built yeah. it's built so, in. It's competition. Yeah, yeah. And so, but at the end of the day, if you had a tree that was accepted into this show, you did well. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you were on display there, uh, seeing the level of everything, and I mean, I juried the show, and I can say it was seeing it in person really exceeded expectation for me as as a juror of the show, having participated in the juror process. You know, it was me, Bill, and Bjorn, I believe, that juried the show. Uh, it exceeded expectation seeing it in person, and I think I think you're seeing. A higher, a higher quality of stands and accents and understanding of the display methodologies that contribute to a show that has those kinds of traditional elements, the height of the tables, the dressings, the backdrops. I mean, everything there was, was leaning towards traditional. 
and 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 I thought that the displays were pretty pretty it's like it's nice to see um the execution becoming high high enough level that that you're not really downgrading trees because the display is so poor that's not what was happening there you know but you did see when the display was particularly well executed how it did elevate Mm. the 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 quality and the experience of taking it in so so then you're you're talking about different criteria at that Mm. point it's it really was well done i thought Hugh, I want to circle back to your thoughts on the show and how you would relate that to what you're seeing in Australia. Yeah, I mean, it it was like, I won't lie, it was definitely very much next level to what we definitely see in Australia. And I I was just thinking about this when over the last few late minutes of conversation in terms of the display elements and, you know, that all being like fairly well hit i think that's probably one of the main things that i see would be a big improvement in shows in australia would be the combination of elements and efforts in the actual display itself Mm -hmm. you know the kusumono the stands you know getting the heights nice um not talking about the trees because there's there's generally a really good really really high level spread of trees i think in australia but what always seems to miss is the 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 context that's generated in the show, the trees aren't being pointed at by all those elements as much as they otherwise could. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also comes down to, I think it's like, it's, it's like a loop, you know, like you have to also have those materials available to be able to execute those kind of things. And that's something I noticed about this year show. Just like, I, I found it personally, the abundance, you know, the abundance of like one high quality trees, but the abundance of materials to select from, like in the vendors area, was was really really fun because it was just there was just so much, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a small vendors area or a large vendors area for for America, but it it was it, it was felt pretty substantial, right? I mean, like a little smaller than a national show, probably. <sighs> Much smaller than the national show vendor area, okay. I oh. would say. Yeah, oh. I know the national show vendor area is pretty rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like, yeah. yeah. For the space that they had there, that the bridge yard facility, there was that back area that I don't know what's behind that, but when you were on the other side of the building from the exhibition side, mm-hmm. where kind of on the side where we parked, um, there's a room there that I guess I never really saw inside of what that space is. Yeah. I agree with you though. There's a well balanced uh, quantity of vendors mm. of differing sorts, yeah, material, yeah. pots, stands, yeah. etc. Yeah. yeah, and I think that ties back in on itself. Like having that there then allows you to like pick something up and be able to like be like, oh, I was inspired by this exhibit, and I want to like try and create that myself. It's like having access to things, but mm-hmm. it's cyclical because you also need to have the reason to want to get purchase those materials and have them available which then means that they can be available to the community so mm. how how it starts i'm not too sure but i mean in australia we're definitely seeing that pick up you know there's a few few stand makers that are now starting to pop up which is that's oh, incredible it's fantastic to have local stands to grab yeah like, you know it's re- it really makes a huge difference because now i know for me personally when i think about oh i want to exhibit tree x in an exhibition in eight months time and I want to find a stand, it's like, okay, that's enough time for me to like make something, source something, order something. Yeah, I could do that. But also knowing that the resource is just there to like pull from 
makes a world of difference. Like I know for me, like there's a show I want to do in March and I'll probably get a stand. His name's Lindsay Bebb. He's making making some really, really nice stands out mm. of Australian timbers. They're very, very traditional, but fantastic because we're displaying in a traditional context in these shows. Yeah. And just just having that is so 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 profound and amazing at least to me you know in that and that makes a big difference because now even just with him making stands you see all these other people start to pop up and are showing their work and you see this and then people start to you know use those and you see that higher level raise inside the show itself so um yeah, I think that's probably like the biggest difference for me it's not not necessarily the the trees being not of a level that is similar, but relative to the species. Um, but it's the yeah, it's the display intention and context that I think could be um could be really like improved upon. And I think that just comes down to yeah, availability of materials and also exposing yourself to what to what it looks like, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, Australia Australia has good trees, lots of them. Yeah, yeah. And big trees. I mean, an Australian national show seems like the obvious thing to me. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a equivalent of a national show-esque type type show that's um that's arrived called the Bonsai Open, which mm. is held on the Central Coast, run by the Central Coast Bonsai Club. And it's kind of like the first show of its kind, actually, in the country in terms of, although it's still hosted by a club, it... Uh, it invites people to enter trees from anywhere around the country associated with the club or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been, it's run for two years now and the third year will be in March um, of next year. And it's kind of like the first of its kind in the country in which it's offering that, you know, not a, that objective, you know, entry process, you know, a professionally set up exhibition with backdrops and rows of trees, um, you know, the option to display them in a, know three point display single display show in display and it's it's really really great to to finally have that kind of venue to exercise that Mm -hmm. because it's still really important to exercise that especially where in australia we haven't had that necessarily that opportunity yet um but i think i and i have heard i have heard talk around um that has inspired people to start to think about organizing other events that will be you know not saying that being a part of a clubs is wrong, but will be not a part of clubs in terms of that they're, they're not going to be associated with some other body. They will be organized privately and in that, you know, entirely open to anyone. There's no, it's about the tree then rather than about the group. That's what it takes. It takes some psycho. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a total, to, total psycho or two, yeah. you know, in this instance, we two, know a few, two psychos, we? you know, I mean, Jonas and Eric or, you know, Bill Valvanis on the East Coast or, you know, we, we bit off more than we could chew with the Artisan's Cup, but that was a total psychotic suicide <laughs> endeavor. You know, that was, that, that was a, yeah, yeah. nobody's coming home from this, from this trip. Yeah. Kind of a there thing. There will be blood. <laughs> there will be blood. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go down with the storm. It, 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 it was like the reason maverick film you know there's nobody's gonna come yeah. home someone's not coming home from this one they need to come home sir they need to come home isn't that the goal to come home next question yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> speaking of which randy uh you really violated your anti-tom cruise film watching uh Ooh. moratorium here recently huh what are you talking about yeah you saw maverick more than once too that's the best part about it no, I'm, only, a, I'm aware of once. the one time. 
Oh really? Oh, I thought you. I, was, I thought you. I was. I was witness. I was on the couch over there that like saw it six, seven times. I know. You I might have saw it three times in the theater. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. America. Once, <laughs> once with Ryan. Once with Randy. Once with, or three times with Darlene. <laughs> Darlene was present for all of them. She's such a good sport. Yeah, oh, God, I, poor girl. I, 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 I saw it twice. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to say it. It was awesome it was awesome there's it a reason turned out to be pretty good there's a reason that it just destroyed in in the in the uh box office crushed uh, crushed total crushed. nomination there are a lot of really bad movies out there right now i did, actually I guess there have been for uh, some time well i have to say maybe this has come up in other podcasts but randy knight doesn't mess around when he goes to the movies. You don't get to be late if you're going to a show with Randy Knight because he will absolutely let you know how displeased he is that he missed the previews. <laughs> Better be there for the previews. Ooh. I will see you rem- the, at the balcony in the Columbia Theater. I shockingly remember that you don't do zombie movies. I don't do zombie movies. I don't think matter. you I, came late and left early. I don't even, I don't even play with <laughs> zombie whammy. movies. I can't stand that shit. <laughs> I don't do it, but I, but I, but you know, Randy and I are going to a movie long ago. This is ten plus years ago, and I, I still don't realize. Well, this how, was going in Portland. Yeah, we yeah. were going to see Columbiana. Is, is that, that what it was? I don't. Something oh like that. God. I don't know. In fact, I remember that is odd. And then Randy's like, super odd. And then Randy's like, <laughs> spastically like, "Hey, we're, um, we're going to be late." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? There's like 30 minutes of previews. We're, we're, we're going to Forest Grove." <laughs> or like, what are you talking about? We're not going to be late. We're going to be there right on time. Well, the, previews. Pre- the previews will be <laughs> over. Previews. And Randy's like, no, we need to make it for the previews. I'm like watering or something, right? It's the, It turned into <laughs> such an ordeal. Okay. We got there. You were very upset that we missed the previews. That did not Jeez. go over well. I couldn't like handle to- that, Randy. I specifically try and make it just so I'm there at the start of the film. Yeah, to avoid the previews specifically. <laughs> I'm happy to miss the first five minutes of a film. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I don't get down with that, but but that, that would be a deal breaker for me. It it it, it has it has been on multiple occasions. Ryan we likes just... to calibrate. Ryan likes to calibrate and walk the show a few times. Ryan likes to calibrate by watching the previews. Previews, oh, yeah, 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 just yeah. Deal with it, okay? totally it gives you an idea of what's going on. It feels like I I get to see three movies or four. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Are you excited for um? Oh God, you are just do not let her you. touch you with the tongue. She did. She did. <laughs> We're talking about my dog. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Who knows? Keep, keep it clean. Uh, are you There's excited the for the, the new Avatar? Because I know you were a big you were a big fan of of Avatar. I did like the first one. You know, I've never seen it a second time. Just bits and pieces. And I bet the second one is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the movie that I I'm waiting for is Dune Part Two. Oh. I don't care about anything else really. You, you just you just made Ryan so wow. happy to say that, and and I feel that's coming out in like one year. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. It can't I'm come older, out soon one enough. Year be here, just yeah. you know, can't. They're come keeping out people on enough. life support to see that one. So I'm just going to tell you that Hugh. <laughs> does, let me go. Hugh, uh, here we Hugh, go. Hugh must have missed the memo that Dune was the most amazing movie ever because he was like, yeah. I saw it. I, I didn't really care for it. That that's going to be a top five movie. He's a sting fan. Hey, easily, he likes the original. <laughs> easily, yeah, it's not even an original. He's just like I just thought it was kind of kind of sucked. <laughs> I don't know like, that it's a top what? five movie. I don't, I don't really get carried away we're, here, we're but talking, it was enjoyable. <laughs> we're talking oh, about the movie. I'm being backed uh, into school. Absolutely right, yeah. top five. No, I mean I don't really care. There's not. It's not like I'm gonna be like I it needs to be in your top. I'm not gonna advocate for it, but it's a f- phenomenal film. Yeah, all right. It's great. What's in your top five? 
Give me top five. Did Oof. somebody say uh, on the on the forum Q and A today top ten ceramicists ever or something? Someone like asked that? you that as a bonus question, and we just kind of went right past. Did it. we breeze past that? I yeah, feel like that's apologies. disrespectful because I, I I certainly think we should top atta- top that, ten current ceramicists. But we need to first cross the bridge of your top five movies of all time. I'd and yeah, get I'm going like, to ask both of you this too. We're in it now. I don't know if I can get to five, but I'm probably like right, Shawshank go Redemption. Go, go top three. Good Will Hunting, I really like. Mm-hmm. Go old school pick. I'll do like, I'll throw like a Casablanca in there. Really dig that. And uh, oof. for like a comedy, I'll probably do like, uh, oh, it's the one I always tell you to watch and we never. Role models, spoiler alert, sneaking in, sneaking in as a, as, a, as an honorable mention on the comedy list. Some of those low low ball, low budget comedy, yeah, so funny. Tasteless Paul, comedy. Paul Rudd before before people knew how funny he was. I I think Paul, yeah. All right, Hugh. All right, ooh, we'll go through again as well. Yeah, it's going to be an eclectic mix. Uh huh. Um, so I was talking to you about this in the in the car the other day, Ryan. Um, Doctor Zhivago. Mm-hmm. Love that film. Love that film. It's a good one. It's a good one. 65, I think it is. Q's going to go super esoteric. This is going to be right so weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a film project, okay? Jesus. <laughs> this is what happens when you ask a fine arts trained individual uh, <laughs> their, their top three films. If we ask the creative team at Mirai their favorite films, there's no fucking way anybody has heard of a majority uh, of them. Correct. Yeah. Jesus just rolls his eyes as we talk over here. This there is the go. best part of the podcast. <laughs> hey, he's like, what a bunch of meatheads. <laughs> now, and now all of a sudden Hugo's Dr. Hey. Zhivago and Jesus is like thank god somebody's got some culture in the room yeah. cannonball run hey, I'll come hang out with you over there yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you guys might need to talk afterwards for you to regain your no, no, let me soul, finish I've got, I've got a few um, Scarface is probably another one oh, I've been great. vibing on lately oh that's yeah. interesting yeah. Yeah. nice yeah that's, that's very violent film. very violent especially for it's time that's a good film now I was gonna say um a few others but i think one that i think adds a little bit of an extra layer is um i'm struggling to think of the name right now but it's my it's my favorite movie to watch what's it called tootsie prejudice no not that one not that one you say pride and prejudice (laughs) (laughs) um oh shit what's it called damn it back to the future back to the future yeah Karate, um, karate Kid. No, no, no. It's, it's something to do with Part Tuscany. It's like a real, like, ooey gooey romantic kind of film. Um, oh, uh, Under the Tuscan Sun. Under the Tuscan Sun. Thank Are you, you very much. Me? I, was, I was this, is, this is a big secret that's been letting out into the world. But, if you, if, um, I, I love I, I that I thought film. you might come back to eat, eat, eat pray, love, or <laughs> whatever that was. And I was going to be like, now you just got to get out. <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said it was going to be in a collective. Yeah, mix. no, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally respect it. All right, Randy. Uncross, recross the legs. Okay, Randy, your turn. <laughs> under, under the Tuscan Sun. I've never seen Under the Tuscan Sun. It's a good one. I, I, I It's hey, just listen. one of those films. I just, I think it's great. I just feel get around good. it every time. Feel good film. Yes, I'm into so it. Feel good. I'm into yeah. it. The Green yeah. Mile. Yeah. Jeez. I- <laughs> the Green Mile is a fantastic film that leaves you feeling horrible about the world. You're True just, facts. I oh, got it. You should oh, listen to the audio book or book or read the book sometime. It's even better. Yeah. Well, same line. Even better so, at making you, you feel terrible? Yeah, you, know, you come away with the same feeling, but everything is just more nuanced. Yeah, yeah, of it, course. Like many things. Yeah. Right. Uh, so mine are pretty simple. I like uh, Jeremiah Johnson, Starship Troopers, 
Whoa. <laughs> I like Excellent. Uh, Do you want to live forever? And Wait, what was the third one? Gallipoli. I've never heard Breaker of it. Break yeah. Morant. A couple of old kind of independent far flung mm. movies. Uh huh. Feels like there's another good one. In, oh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I thought you were going to say oh, Full Metal Kubrick. Jacket. That was, I had my, I had, I had a secret bet on Full Metal Jacket. You should listen to the book on that called Dispatches, which it was created off of. It's just unbelievable. Oh, wow. It's a whole bunch of little short stories. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. People don't realize that Randy Knight is a well read individual. Yeah, he's dropping some little nuggets Rand, right here. Randy Knight goes yeah. deep. Oh, here's another one. Have you ever seen the movie Razor's Edge with Bill Murray? Yeah. I have. I like that. I just got to be reading that book. Interesting. Movie huh. way better than the book. It's very like uh, which is rare. That's interesting. Caddyshack. It's a very dirty rotten scoundrels. Honorable mention. Oof, dirty <laughs> rotten scoundrels. Yeah, no kidding. Planes, trains, and automobiles could also be just legendary. <laughs> yeah, movies. Interesting how uh, the films that you cited are very generation specific too. They are very generation specific. Old, yeah, order. but mm. they all hold up. They all hold up in the modern era. Anybody, I think, who's cultured in films and now has has to have seen Full Metal Jacket. I would think so. I would hope 7. so. Seven six two millimeter. Full Metal Jacket and Apocalypse Now. There's a big discussion on the shadow shadow play in that movie. I think of what in uh, Apocalypse Now. I'm looking at Jesus to like nod or say shadow no. play. <laughs> I think the way that they like lit people's faces in oh. a lot of the scenes was really specific mm. in that movie but i could have be remembering that wrong they were on drugs and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he sues off uh, off mike says the they were time. on drugs and they were high like all the time it's grandson i can always make things interesting mm. i can always make things interesting yeah yeah, yeah maybe you guys so watch you ghibli you films go to bed tonight and dream about a snail crawling across the street yeah. yeah. Ooh. Whoa. That's like uh that's and like not the, cutting itself in half. That's like the equivalent of a, a of an ant walking across a pile of diatomaceous earth. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a rough right. going. What were you asking? Yeah. Studio Ghibli. Oh, did any of you watch Ghibli films? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, I mean, I have an eight year old kid. <laughs> like Studio Ghibli, as far as kids are concerned, I've learned, especially having a girlfriend that's a freaking filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It's like that is the good that is the good sauce for animation for kids. Mm-hmm. Studio mm-hmm. Ghibli, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I think for anyone, they're fantastic. Yeah, especially the older films like um, uh, Nos- Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which mm-hmm. is basically about environmental despite despair. Yeah. You know? yeah, I think it was really ahead of its time. Film from the eighties, I think. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, yeah, I like these films. They really like cross it's a lot of just, just super, super, super interwoven concepts. And but you really like, um, I don't know, you like sympathize with all the characters really, really well. And yeah, they're just absolutely beautiful, beautiful films. And the fact that they're all painted too, I think, is <laughs> really, really amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. I can always get down with those. There's a there's an indif- independent film made about uh, truffle hunters recently. Was in the past three years. Do you see truffle hunters? And they they shot it in Italy. And it's like every single scene that was shot, it, although it's a documentary, is so freaking beautiful, so beautiful. It's like a uh, it's like an absolute um, execution of art in every scene. And it's about truffle hunting. And it's it, it's it's amazing. It was amazing. I don't know. Mm. There's all kinds of all kinds of really good films. 
out there. But now I know you guys top three, <laughs> and that's all that mattered for me. Did you say? Did you come out with the list? Nobody asked me. <laughs> well, you think no. I'm just gonna offer it up myself? Like, let me tell you about my top three now. Somebody's yeah, gotta care. Throw something come at on, us. Ryan. Uh, yeah. Last of the Mohicans. Last of the Mohicans is right up there at the top of the list for me. Um, I recited a few that I find to be really good. Goodwill Hunting. I've watched a lot. You cited uh, Dune, which uh, I feel very good about. Um. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard, actually. It's no, really hard. It, it is hard. Yeah. Well, well it is very I've hard. I've so many more now. <laughs> it's it, like, it, can we go this back? This is growing in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Second. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I feel, I feel pretty solid with my selection. I always felt like American Beauty would make it into people's top films that they've that they've seen and it and it has it has so slowly i think like the notion of uh uh you know that or the 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 depth of that film has sort of faded into obscurity which i think is is unfortunate well the usual suspects another another great movie with uh, kevin spacey but he's got the checkered past I, now so I, I would i would tend to lean on a dancing with wolves as a, Ooh, as, a as a top three you know like especially when if you're talking about um being an american and trying to understand the nuances of the landmass that we live on that that would be a good one for how N native americans were displaced and understanding that process and the unfortunate circumstances of that uh there will be blood which i've talked about with hugh if you, I think you could pretty much go through Daniel Day Lewis's body yeah. of work and have Gangs a, in New York. and have a top a top whatever uh, Phantom Thread as a fashion uh, appreciator was awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a big Tarantino fan. I don't really do that much with his films. I'm gonna watch a really old quirky movie, which I just happened to see again a couple months ago. Is Repo Man with? Uh, I've seen it. Yeah, it's. Is that with um, uh, Repo Man? Is with Bruce Willis? No, this is the one with uh, who's Charlie Sheen's half brother? Yeah, uh, I don't know. He did. Uh, Emilio Estevez. Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. He that's plays amazing. A, he plays a, How about Young Guns? Huh? Young Guns. That's oh, dude. Young Guns is great. Tombstone is great. Oof. Tombstone would definitely Tombstone be top should five. Be there. Yeah. Top five for sure. Yeah, I got two guns, one for each of you. Yeah, yeah. The reason that we talk about film so much around here is because Ira knows the quotes to every film that you've ever watched. <laughs> ah, and well, it those keeps guys, it, eh? it keeps true, it very actually. lively. Yeah, keeps it very lively. We go hard in the paint around here. You go hard in the paint. I, I, we we just well, all listen. Well, well, hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's a skill set for sure. So yeah. what's the next show? Set. We got to bring it back. We got to bring it back. What's what the next about? show? Why do we have to bring it back? We don't I have don't to do know. anything. We do whatever we want. We talk about whatever Jesus, we want. Are we still recording? What's happening here? Uh, if there was another show in two years, are you going to fly in from Australia for it? I want be, a commitment right now. Just be honest. Just be honest. Well, I mean, it was pretty good. So I, you know, I wouldn't be. Um... Sounds like a maybe. <laughs> yeah, look, um, seen it once. Seen it, you know, seen it once, seen it a thousand that's times. It, that's, that's right. It. That's now, it. I'd definitely fly back in. I think it was very worthwhile. It'd be nice to see it have a little bit more of an international um, kind 
kind of audience arrive at the show for sure. Sure. Maybe you yeah. should collaborate on a like a special exhibition piece next time. Ooh. That would be a good idea. That would be very, very cool. That's a good I think idea. We should, I think cool. we should put that in the, the memory banks Ira. right now. Ira. Yes. I'd love to be a part I of it. I think I hope they I hope Ofer if they're gonna that do was it the again, bummer. Ofer. We talked about that a little bit in the other chat with you know with it wasn't guys. meant to be. It wasn't yeah, meant it wasn't to be, meant to be but, it's but, but it's still in the tank. Yeah. Ofer's got Ofer's got some power. You know, Randy was with Randy was with me and Ricardo and Ofer in Israel. Oh, that's right. Which didn't didn't make it. I mean, there's a podcast out there where we. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Uh, maybe you were asleep when we podcasted. Maybe that was Ofer and me. Uh, anyways, you were on that trip. I was on the trip. I, I don't. I don't think I was on the podcast. No, I know you weren't on the podcast, but I'm just saying. Randy gets around. Oh yeah, mm. not like you guys do, but. I try a little bit. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. weren't you just in Kyrgyzstan? I haven't fished in on the Amazon. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I travel a lot, but in bonsai circles, I'm yeah, kind of a legend. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> there were it's whispers true. of a collector in <laughs> Oregon named Randy Knight. Stories to share about that off the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's a man named Randy Knight, <clears throat> a mysterious man. You see him as a shadow in the mountains. <laughs> a shadow that moves with trees on his back. That's right. With a pug, the color of the sky at night. <laughs> That's right, Mouse. Oh, man. Well, it was fun to catch up about the Pacific Bonsai Expo. I guess that's all I have to say about that. It was a really good show. It was, it was a great It show. was an incredible mm -hmm. show. I think the more I keep thinking about it and, and seeing people <clears throat> continue to kind of keep the m momentum going on Instagram and other social media channels, it's like... It had a lot of traction. It really kind of had a good moment. And I think that people are trying to keep it, the moment going. And I hope this conversation like helps add to that. And we're going to talk with Eric and Jonas. And the more we can get people excited about trying to display trees at a high level, I think it's just better for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the, the, the other thing, we talked about the good vibes and stuff, but getting to see so many people from the Mariah Live community, a lot of support, a lot of... A lot of enthusiasm and appreciation getting to put faces to names that we see on the chat and in the forum and all of that stuff was super awesome. Um, getting to see, you know, what was really rewarding for me, honestly, was getting to see a tremendous number of pictures of trees that um, that have been passed into good hands on the web sale, on the web store sale. I saw so many trees people coming up saying, hey, do you want to see a picture of that little linden clump or oh, of the Sierra cool. juniper yeah. or of the lodgepole pine, uh, you know, that we handed off on the turnpike in Indiana. And it's just like really cool to see these trees in good hands and people having success with them. And that like was super encouraging because that's what Mariah Life was all about. Um, but I felt like that was really, really outstanding and awesome to see. Yeah. And just getting to meet people also. Yeah. You know, man, like seeing seeing professionals have have success, mm -hmm. like seeing you sell trees at the Pacific Bonsai Expo, having a good expo ourselves, seeing now Tokutake basically sell out, empty the tank, four hundred ceramics or whatever that. Vicky did My good too. Vicky Chamberlain crushing. Wow. Yeah, I think all of the. I don't think I've seen so many ceramic tables emptied out. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah the thirst for and they weren't they weren't real. they weren't empty tables to bring to begin with. They no. Were, they were 
Full. Yeah, they were full, full. Yeah, they, they were came stacked to a suspiciously like uh, level that you thought they may not be able to, you know, the table, the table couldn't hold the amount of ceramics <laughs> that were stacked on those tables. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was good. That's the sign. <coughs> Bill Valvanis talks about this a lot, but he's like, you know, vendors at the national show on a good national show make, you know, make a, a large quantity of their yearly income at that. I know at the trophy in Belgium, it's true. At the mm-hmm. Green Club in Tokyo during the Coke Fu, it's true. You can make these kinds of events can really drive the profession forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a big it's a big deal to have those outlets for a bonsai yeah. community beyond the exhibition as a motivator. It's mm-hmm. an ins- inspiration. And he, you said mm-hmm. that, oh, I, I'm inspired by this. And I went and yeah. found something that could fill that gap. Or I learned now this is what I could use. And you go and find that piece that allows you to elevate your bonsai level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's yeah. that's a bit. It, it bolsters the economy of, of bonsai, effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, the ecosystem that is bonsai, if we just think about it on that level, you know. The more shows that there are, the more people that attend, the more materials there are for people to make more work to create better shows. Yeah, you know? yep. Yeah, it's 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 super important. Yeah, know? it's and like those a people are supported. Yeah. yeah, it's like a capstone event, right? Like it's the event that drives people to find a Randy Knight to purchase a nice piece of material that drives people to to find a ceramic from now or Vicky or Sarah Rayner or you know anybody. It's a, or to find a stand from Austin Heitzman or David Niddle or any yeah. of the other stand. I mean, it's like really. It's really important to seek out education and information to get to that level to to you know be be a part of the ecosystem that's like you have a motivating force with exhibitions though there will always be a place for bonsai exhibitions mm-hmm. always be a place Absolutely. for exhibitions you know i think that's really important and i think the club scene as things progress and there are exhibitions of this level it's like the club scene really does need to be uh, a sort of a trial trial space to improve your abilities to you know get the kind of knowledge and critiques from whoever you know is attending and assessing the the, the club shows which mm. generally there's a professional involved like that's really where you hone your blade yeah to then contribute the community to. gym yeah yeah exactly yeah, 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 right yeah. Like everyone a, gets together hangs out works totally. out you know yeah it's good vibes yeah yeah needs to be positive constructive but like that's that's the pickup game that you know allows you to play basketball mm-hmm. uh in a more free in a more free mm-hmm. exploratory mm-hmm. fashion before you get into the mm-hmm. more formal setting of a you know organized game there or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I believe that i think i think there have been like questions about the function and purpose of a club i mean there's community but there's also the ability to have exposure to visiting artists and to hone your blade of refining and finishing your trees because it really is a skill set. Look, displaying trees is a skill set. Just like any other aspect of bonsai, you don't just go display your tree well for the first time because there's so many things that you don't know. Absolutely. There's so many things that you don't know. Yeah, Yeah, bringing the tree is just one part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Even the transport of trees is a skill set. Let's, <laughs> oh, tell me about let's it. go, though, you know? That's what I'm saying. Get me out of that. Yeah, freaking... moving tree from A to B. <laughs> oh, my Mission God. One. If only there was a covered wagon. Yeah. Oh, we'll take care of it for you. I heard about something. Let me just, you know, let's just break it down here for a moment, what the wagon did, because we had Randy's Titanic. I bet that tree, how much do you think your tree weighs? I mean, you haven't picked it up in a while, but... 280 pounds 
The Pondo? With the pot? I don't know. It's heavy. It's more than two men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it was all that Ira and I wanted for sure. <laughs> it gave us more than we wanted. I mean, we are pretty, you know, we are pretty manly men. Oh, no, just saying, you know. Just, you know. When, it, when it gets above a certain weight, you just can't tell. Yeah. It's just a struggle and you, yeah. you're just without a clue. There is no budging that tree as a single human being and, 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 you're capable of lifting a. You're capable of lifting heavy weight. I, I feel relatively capable. I can't. That tree is not a. It's not. It's a non. It's a non-starter. It's not comfortable by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Not comfortable. Yeah. That's what yeah. they made dingoes for, right? That's exactly what they made dingoes for. It turns out dingo is the official sponsor of American Bonsai. <laughs> but we we got to reach out to Toro immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we packed that whole freaking truck on Thursday. Correct. Morning. We left at on Thursday afternoon. Yes. Yeah. We drove through the night to the Pacific Bonsai Expo. About a four fifteen, four thirty arrival. A four thirty arrival, parked the truck in the supposedly locked gate. Which secret safe secret safe with us. Yeah. Yeah. And then we proceeded to walk an hour to our Airbnb because no, no uh, Uber refused Uber. to pick us up in that area. We slept maybe 30 or 45 minutes, took a Uber back the next morning yep. to yep. the to show, which a lot of you are saying, why didn't you just sleep in the car? We didn't know it'd be an hour to our Airbnb. And that, you know, and then we thought we, we might lost some time in there somewhere. There was a time warp. We unloaded the entire truck yes. the next morning, right? The trees were on display for roughly a day and a half, maybe. Let's see, Friday to Saturday, Saturday. So, so yeah, 48 hours. And then we packed that whole thing up and continued driving south down to L.A. Now, 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 Hugh and I (laughs) had five drops. We arrived in Santa Barbara at, what, 2 a.m.? Light. Let's call yeah, it. Yeah, It didn't really matter at that point. Time or two, was starting to dissipate. One thirty or two, <laughs> we had to. We had our first drop at like nine, which I screwed up, and we got there at like ten thirty or something. Ryan woke up at nine. I woke up at nine. <laughs> I that the I don't know. Did you guys get sleep at the Pacific Bonsai Expo? Because there very was little. very little sleep to be had there. Very little. Me. I know you didn't. Much. I didn't. I didn't sleep that much. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Did I you sleep on were you exhausted when you got home? 4:30? <laughs> I was exhausted. Hey Let me in. <laughs> and then Avon and I drove the cop we at 4:30 and drove straight through and got home at 4:30. Oh, I got a little sleep on the highway. Fortunately, the roads were barren, so you can go like 90. Yeah, yeah, which is a good idea when you're totally sleep deprived and tired it's and exhausted. Absolutely, the right thing to do. <laughs> Never drive headlights while pulling a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By Mount Shasta. Oh, yeah, overdrive your headlights while pulling a trailer, completely exhausted and on the verge of falling asleep. Everything's going to go right. Yeah, this is not an admission to irresponsible activity. No, <laughs> no. I had a governor on my on, on, on yeah, our 65 truck. 65 with the 65 is yeah. where it maxed out. Yeah. And uh, driving that 24-foot truck through L.A., very uncomfortable. <laughs> only, o- only more uncomfortable scenario was making the mistake to take it through New York City the first time I drove across the country. <laughs> Bad idea, it turns out. Big trucks in New York City. Yep. It's expensive, and you can really screw up. Absolutely. Point being, it's a lot of work to get high-level trees from A to B. Ah, it's a nightmare. It's just incredible. It's totally a nightmare. You know, hats off to anybody who's who's doing that because these shows don't happen 
with people just rolling up with their uh you know no. ford fiesta yeah. and a shohin singular piece in the back yeah, it's true and what were these huge american trees that's right that's right yeah we blame randy yeah randy. it's all your fault randy God. We should just take that big tree and get the chainsaw out and make it lighter. Yeah, we could cut it up hey. and chop that bad boy up. It would beautiful, that one. It would, it would, it would heat, <laughs> that would heat a home for all of three hours. Natural, that one. <laughs> oh, we're just rambling now. <laughs> mm. Let's cut it off. Let's shut it down. No, it was thanks, a pleasure to see everybody. Late. It was a pleasure to see everybody at PBE. We got to let Jesus go home. Randy's bedtime has come and gone. Hugh hasn't slept much at all in his life. Yeah, I might give up, you know. I might yeah. kick the habit, you know. Kick the, habit, <laughs> kick the habit of going to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you that I am very excited to go home and go to sleep. This will be the You've second. It. This will You've be the it. second solid night of sleep in seven days. It's not even eight o'clock. We're going to go out and get Mexican and drink tequila. Yeah. Like normal people. Yeah, Do yeah. it. I think let's Listen, just officially kick the habit. Thursday nights. So, so... I, I, I did. It was very interesting to see you sitting across the table from another Yamadori collector. I felt like I was watching a Yamadori standoff. At, At the dinner? banquet dinner? At dinner, yeah. yeah, I did. Oh, interesting, because I hung out mostly with other collectors. Uh-huh, I know. You guys flock together because you're all trying to Is kill. Is there like a secret handshake? You're all trying to kill something. <laughs> you're united by the desire to hunt. Could be. Yeah. There were just two I knew of. I even had uh, some good chess with Dan Robinson. Nice. Which is, well, that was good and unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dan was It there. was cool seeing Dan roll. He just all of a sudden turned around and he was right next to you in the vendor booth. Mm. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, The, the, the dose of thing was in. nice. That was a nice thing they did. They had good tours. I wish I would have attended if we were locked in the vendor booth. But yeah, they, there were lots of them too. That was cool. That, that's a really good idea. They did great. They, they, the whole thing was well done. It was, yeah. they crushed. I, I was shocked. Not shocked because I underestimated Eric and Jonas. at how good it went. Yeah, I was just shocked because this is the first time. But obviously, you know, with the Bay Island bonsai experience and they've been through it, it wasn't it wasn't totally yeah. new. You know, it wasn't so a like, dry run for them. They've 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 yeah. been through the battle. And yeah. those guys take me as people who can execute. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a good point. Execute. Yeah, they definitely like crank yeah. things out. But after the awards banquet. I was totally crushed, and I ended up walking back to the Airbnb. But you guys did go out for tequila celebration. We did. We I did. Think there was more vodka. Yeah. Oh, Ira, Ira confessed that he uh, barfed outside of the uh, bar. I threw up on the streets of Oakland. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> Tick. And, 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 by the and by the time you got home, I couldn't understand what you were trying to tell me or what you were saying, but I appreciate yeah. it. I had a late night breakfast burrito and a lot of blueberries <laughs> while you were watching the fights. That's what I remember. Right. Lovely. Right. Yeah. yeah, we didn't see Hugh. He just didn't we, come Hugh, Hugh just never came celebrating. home. Yeah, celebrating. Celebrating. <laughs> celebrating. Celebrating. <laughs> that, was, that was a good time. It's a good time. Good times. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? Are we done? I, I don't know. Are we good? I think we're hey, good. Jesus, we good? Jesus is good. Jesus is like wrapping, shut it down. Yeah. I wanted to go home three hours it's ago. It's time to go home. It's been <laughs> such a long day trying to recover. Hey, thanks to Hugh. And if we don't have a chance to to catch up before you head back, thanks for coming out. It's been, yeah, thanks it's for been having super me, guys. rad. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting week ahead. Yes, yeah. sir. And Randy with the, uh, thanks for joining us tonight on a little bit of short notice. So impromptu. Good vibes. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Just rolled straight into it. On another, yeah, on another could, monumental moment. Yeah. Couldn't be happier that you won. Yep. That was so cool. Likewise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was good. It was good. It was good. Congratulations, Randy Knight. And Ira, congratulations. Hey, thanks.
I don't. The streets of Oakland will never forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) You've left your mark. (laughs) Yeah, you did leave your mark. You painted it. Paint the town red. Painted it red. The hard way. All right. Thank you, everybody. It was was a pleasure. A downright uh, positive event. Thanks to Jonas and Eric. Nice to see everybody out there. We're going to let you go now. Peace. All right.